Hey everybody, welcome to the Evidence for Christianity podcast where you will be joining me, Corey Wadstrom, and Dr. John Oakes as we explore topics on apologetics, Bible history, theology, and more. Thanks for listening and let's get started. On this episode, John and I discuss the unique attributes of various elements and how these unique attributes can challenge really any assumption that creation can be just a coincidence. Here's John. Okay, first of all, let me give a word to the topic we're discussing because it's nice to have the right vocabulary here. So, or really it's a two-word phrase. The phrase is the anthropic principle. The anthropic principle essentially says that the universe has the qualities that are required in order for life to exist. In fact, that explains why the universe has the properties it has. Now, the anthropic principle is not a scientific principle. Okay. It's more of a, of a, I don't know, a, a um, philosophical principle or something like that. So th the question is, why is the universe the way that it is? Atheists kind of go, uh, duh, I don't, I don't know, it just, it just is, all right? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a, a very good answer. But one possible answer is, well, the reason it is the way it is is because uh, it was created that way so we could be here. Anyway, the fine-tuning is one aspect of that, but there's so many others, so let me answer your question. So, for example, in order for life to exist, there needs to be some sort of liquid solvent uh, within which different chemicals could move around in order for a living thing to do the things that living things have to do, such as taking food and, and turn it into energy and use that energy to reproduce and move and these kind of things. So, it, so life requires a, a liquid, but according to uh, scientists, uh, that liquid would have to be, that compound would have to be a liquid somewhere between about minus 20 centigrade and about 80 degrees centigrade. Higher temperature molecules fall apart lower temperatures, there's not enough energy for chemical reactions to happen. And so a living thing, you know, it, it just couldn't live. I mean, just the, the metabolic reactions would be so slow, it, it, life couldn't exist. So it just so happens that water is liquid almost across that entire temperature range. Now, turns out it's better to have it liquid across almost all that range than all of it, as I'll explain in a minute. Another property this liquid ha would have to have, it would have to dissolve a very wide range of substances. One requirement is that this solvent needs to be able to dissolve ionic compounds, things like sodium ion and chloride ion and potassium ion. Otherwise, you couldn't have a communication system in this living thing. You couldn't have, say, what we call a nervous system or, you know, information couldn't pass from a central information place we call the brain to other parts of this living thing. Water is the only substance that exists in this universe that dissolves ions. No other liquid dissolves ions, none. So the, co the only compound that dissolves ions also just so happens to be a liquid in the Goldilocks temperature range. Another property that water has is water absorbs by far more heat than any other substance. Uh, most substances like say rock or plastic or whatever, uh, water absorbs say 10 times as much heat. It's at least twice as much heat as all other substances. Okay, you could say, oh, that's nice, great. Well, it turns out if the molecule that absorbs the most heat wasn't also the liquid which 
creates life, then the temperature of the Earth would go up and down by, say, 200 degrees centigrade in any given year, and life would be destroyed. So the coincidence is the same compound that's liquid in the right temperature range is also the same compound that dissolves the widest range of molecules of any other, is also the one that absorbs the most heat. Okay, but then there's another property that water has that literally no other mo molecule has, which is this. Every molecule except water, the solid sinks and the liquid floats. Now, everybody here knows that ice floats on water. We take it for granted. But take any substance and just name, name a million different substances. All of them, the solid sinks. It does not float. So, well... If that were not the case, there'd be no life on the Earth. Because in the winter, when it gets really cold, the colder ice floats on top of the warmer water. Ice is an insulator, and it prevents lakes from freezing to the bottom in the winter. Now, you could argue, all right, if, if lakes froze to the bottom, not too big a deal, maybe. But also, during the ice ages, oceans would have frozen to the bottom. And that would create this vicious cycle so that all life would be destroyed. Now, and there's another really cool property, which is uh, all other compounds, as the temperature goes down, the density goes up. Guess how many exceptions there are? One. Only one, water. Water has this really strange property, unique to water, that as you cool it off, it gets more dense. But then below 4 degrees centigrade, it goes in the other direction. So therefore, you have the colder ice on top of the colder water on top of the warmer water. And it creates this temperature inversion, which again explains why uh, lakes don't freeze to the bottom and why oceans don't freeze to the bottom during ice ages. And I'm, again, water is the only molecule that has this property. So you could say, all right, fine, uh, you know, great, just lucky for us. Uh, no, I say not lucky for us. In fact, I would argue to say lucky for us is that's a bad explanation. I, I don't even think it's reasonable. I'd say God created water, and he understood the properties it would have to have, and he created hydrogen with its properties, oxygen with its properties, so the water molecule exists so that we could have life. So we discussed water and all the different properties it has that make life possible. But there are various other elements that have very unique properties that are essential for life. It's kind of as if to say if one impossible element isn't enough, here are a dozen. Uh, it's kind of like with the uh, different uh, constants of the universe. The list is kind of long, and to mention them all, is, it's, almost re it's almost not even necessary. Uh, but there are at least 22 elements from a, just a very brief consideration, I am a chemistry professor, so this is something I think about a bit. There are at least 22 elements that I know that have a property that only that element has. And if that element didn't have that property, there'd be no life, which strongly argues that this is no coincidence. In fact, one question you could ask is, why are there so many elements? I mean, the, 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 the atheist could say, well, protons, neutrons, all that stuff. All right, but you know that, that begs the question. Why do those things exist? But anyway, uh, a few examples. Uh, for example, I teach organic chemistry, uh, which is essentially the chemistry of carbon. And 
Uh, when I teach organic chemistry, I point out four or five properties that carbon has that no other element has. And every single one of those properties, if it wasn't carbon that had that property, then there'd be no life. If one element had one of those and another one had another of them, then there'd be no life. So, for example, uh, carbon is the only element that forms large molecules. It's literally the only one. Large, complex molecules with lots of different structure. Well, obviously, you need that for life to exist. But it turns out the same element that allows you to form large molecules also just so happens to be the only element that forms molecules with four bonds. Well, silicon does as well. But silicon, uh, if you form molecules with two silicon atoms joined together, that molecule is unstable. It falls apart. So that wouldn't work. So anyway, uh, the reason the four bond thing is important is that if you don't have an atom with at least four bonds, then the molecules it forms can't be three-dimensional. And if the molecules aren't three-dimensional, then the living thing's not three-dimensional. And some other stuff that's required for life, such as optical activity and all that, uh, it wouldn't work. So the same element that has the right number of bonds also is the only element that forms large molecules. Two more examples. I could give so many more. Yeah. Uh, another one is iron. The, the cool thing about iron is it's got two unique properties. Uh, one unique property is that it's the only element that forms a strong magnetic field. And the reason that's essential is if the Earth did not have a, a magnetic field, then the cosmic, uh, the solar wind, if you will, these high-energy protons and electrons that are emitted by the sun, they'd hit the Earth and destroy all life on the surface of the Earth, destroy it all. But the magnetic field of the Earth acts like a force field, and it literally bends those particles around the Earth. Now, a few of them come into the North and South Pole, North and South Magnetic Pole, creating the Aurora Borealis, but most of them go all around the Earth. So the, 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 the magnetism of the Earth is essential to life, and only iron creates a strong magnetic field. But if iron were the only magnetic element but didn't have another property, which is it's the most stable element, then the fact that it was magnetic would be useless. So when I teach nuclear chemistry, I tell my students that if you look at the nuclei, the most stable nucleus is iron, which is why the Earth is made out of mostly iron. Right. And it, so it, it has to be that the most common element would be the magnetic element, which is exactly the case. And to argue that's just a, an accident it seems to be a, a rather silly uh, another one is uranium, and the special property of uranium is it's the only radioactive element with a sufficiently long half-life uh, because uh, uranium inside of the Earth releases heat, which is why the Earth is not cold all the way to the center. And if the Earth was cold all the way to the center, we wouldn't be here because plate tectonics is required to maintain an atmosphere, it's also required in order to like, recycle the minerals in the earth. Otherwise, any plant life on the surface would use up all the available minerals, and within you know, a certain number of million of years, uh, complex life would also disappear. So if we didn't have a radioactive element with sufficiently long half-life, and we only have one, life would not exist. And again, 
to say that this is all just accident or, or lucky or coincidence, it, it, it seems to me to be irrational. After my discussion with John, I couldn't help but realize that life is not simple. In order for any chance of life to exist, everything needs to be perfect. So, is it reasonable for an atheist to chalk this all up to coincidence? To view life as coincidence seems to take a lot more faith than to view it as the perfect creation that God designed. So there it is, episode two of the three-part series titled How Science Shows There's a God. Thanks for listening and tune in for our third and final episode next time.